Let's try this one. So to say, too late for Happy Christmas, bit early for Happy New Year. But here we are, it's lovely to see you. Christmas, hope you had a good one. I did, I enjoyed my time back at my parents. But it does somehow seem to have drifted quite into the past already. I suspect there are things that have already been forgotten. Jimmy's not here, so I could ask how many remember his sermon on uh, Christmas morning. But that would be cruel. I wonder what has been memorable for you this Christmas time. Uh, For me, one of the memorable things has been our Christmas uh, dinner. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, There was only three of us, and uh, my mother's in her 80s now, but still likes to do the cooking, uh, but kind of keeps it within what's manageable. And so I'd bought a uh, turkey breast joint uh, from M&S to cook, something nice and manageable. And she talked about this beforehand and referred to it as we brought it in, and it came and arrived on the table. And I looked in and thought, that kind of looks a bit different to what I was expecting. And she carved it. And I commented that, you know, the, the meat was surprisingly dark and it was stuffed. And so I just assumed somehow the meat had kind of taken on colour from the stuffing. And then we started eating. I thought, this is a stronger taste than turkey normally does. But my mother was quite insistent we were eating turkey. It was only when, as far as I know, quite inadvertently, for some reason she mentioned the word duck, (laughs) that it all fell into place. And uh, so our Christmas turkey turned out to be a very nice, very expensive duck. So for me, that's one of the memorable things. I wonder what it was for you. Uh, Obviously, the receiving of presents, of gifts, is one of the great things we do at Christmas. I wonder if you can still remember what you had and who gave it to you. And have you written your thank you letters if you write them? I wonder if anyone this morning is wearing something they were given for Christmas. Anyone? Yep. Oh, yes, a few little nods. Yep, that's great. I hope some of you have perhaps had a gift that you really treasure. And it's something that you've been really excited to receive and is going to be precious to you. I wonder... Has anyone already managed to break or to lose a gift? I suspect this congregation not so much. The next service, I think I'll have a few. I wonder if anyone has already taken the gift back to the shop. (coughs) Marks and Spencers. Or even put it up for sale on eBay. It's interesting, isn't it, how uh, for some folks, actually having something, and if you take it and swap it at M&S or whatever, you don't think anything of it, whereas somehow selling it on eBay seems reprehensible. Uh, I've been given a wallet, very nice wallet, um, but it actually isn't quite suited to my needs, so I'm going to have to decide, do I think, well, you know, that person took the trouble to buy and give it to me, I should try and use it, or do I try and change it? haven't decided yet we do sometimes say don't we 
It's the thought that counts when we've been given something that actually we feel really isn't something that we wanted or suits us. And uh, it's slightly dismissive sometimes when we say that. And how about not just it's the thought that counts, but also in some way how that gift was received. Most of us will have sung how silently, how silently the wondrous gift was given. And we believe, don't we, that Jesus Christ, God made man, is the most amazing gift ever. And it's wonderful at Christmas to celebrate that, but we know, don't we, that there are many people who we meet who do not recognize this wonderful gift that has been given. And those of us that do, how much and in what ways do we treasure it? Uh, The Church Times, for its Christmas edition, had invited readers to send in stories and anecdotes relating to uh, nativity children's services. And there were some lovely ones uh, listed. Um, But the one that really struck home to me was this. Someone reported being told one time, I didn't realize you still needed Jesus after Christmas. I was going to put him back in the loft. Let me say that again. I didn't realize you still needed Jesus after Christmas Day. I was going to put him back in the loft. Now, the fact you're here tells me pretty much that that isn't the way you're thinking about Jesus at Christmas. But I do suspect that if you're like me, something that for you is a constant challenge through each day, each week, is not the temptation to put Jesus in the loft after Christmas Day, but nonetheless to have Jesus so much more present and recognized involved in what I'm doing on a Sunday and when I'm at church things than it is during my day-to-day working week with the folks when I'm at work, when I'm out shopping, when I'm socializing. And of course it was great to hear about the numbers we had come to the Christmas services. And we do know, of course, there are quite a good number of people who do only come to church at Christmas. How do we help them to see not just that brief moment there in church, but that the Christmas story isn't just a nice story? but a life-transforming gift. Some of you will have seen some of the coverage about the uh, uh, census results that are starting to come out, and some of the figures that were released recently were around uh, religious affiliation. And a lot of the story was around the fact that the numbers of people who identify themselves as Christians dropped uh, from a bit under 72% to a bit over 59%. And yes, in a way that's disappointing. 
But that 59 odd percent still represents more than 33 million people. If there are 59% of the people living around and about this church in Stoke Gifford or wherever it is that you live, that's a vast number, thousands of people in Stoke Gifford who probably haven't come through to any of the services and yet identify themselves in some way as Christian. The reading we had from Matthew this morning and the picture of John the Baptist calling people to repentance, that demonstrates amongst that group of people then a great spiritual hunger. And it's difficult to really understand what it is when people put on the census form that they are Christian. But doesn't it hint at some sort of openness, an opportunity to engage with whatever semblance of faith and understanding that might represent? Now, how we go about it probably isn't going to be quite like John the Baptist, is it? Locusts and honey and... No, not there, are we? But what we can say for sure is what John the Baptist was out and about doing. He certainly was living to make a difference. And that, as you'll know, is part of our strapline here at St. Michael's. We're looking to live to make a difference. We're looking to develop our discipleship, our outreach, our serving of our community. And so this morning I want to encourage you to think about that, to reflect on that in this kind of lull period between Christmas and New Year, that we've celebrated the giving of Jesus Christ as a wondrous amazing, transforming gift. How are we going to go about developing that discipleship in ourselves such that Jesus is a really vital part of our life, not just at Christmas, not just on Sundays, but day by day in the real mundane parts of what we do. How are we going to bring that into the whole of our lives? And by doing so, how are we going to be engaging as individuals, as a church in 2013, in outreach, in serving the community, in living to make a difference in a ways that will start to connect more with those people who are happy to say on the census form they're Christian, but actually don't really recognize and enjoy that amazing gift of Jesus. It's an amazing challenge. It's an amazing gift we have from God. And let's commit ourselves in the year ahead to serving him.